do have to let I don't know how cold it gets where you guys are, but it's negative fifteen right now. So mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that. that's chilly. <laughs> but we don't have as quite as much mud for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a tra- it would be a trade off. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hi, I'm BJ with Taste of the Wind, based out of Centennial, Wyoming. We're in the southeast corner of the state, and we raise locally and ethically grown pork, lamb, chicken, and eggs. And we work with a bunch of other local producers to offer a plethora of different products that are also locally and ethically raised. Today, I am interviewing Tara Meadows out of southeast Washington. And we are talking about encapsulating organ meats at home along with a few other things. Uh, You'll probably hear my fresh litter of pups in the background. I apologize for that in advance. Um, It's been a crazy week. We got a fresh litter of pups and then a fresh litter of piglets. So we pulled this podcast together at the last second. But I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Tara and I kind of went on a few tangents I edited most of that out, but I left in a little bit for you, including a bonus at the end if you're curious why we both have raccoons in our freezers. Stay tuned for that at the very end. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks again. I'll see you at the end. attention to grass than I ever thought I would. Yeah. My God, what here. But my, you know, my sister, you know, lives on a huge cattle ranch and they're like, oh, look at all the grass. And I'm like, what grass are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I don't see any grass. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, they, they raise cattle on it, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, people send cattle from all over the country to graze here because we have what people call the hard grasses of the high plains out here. So mm-hmm. it doesn't look like much, but they must pack a is bunch. It's it really full of nutrition. Ours is just water. It's like yeah. iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do know in the spring, like when the water content is super high, like, you know, you have to be, you have to just kind of watch your sheep because they can get the runs. Oh, which it wow. doesn't really bother them too much for the most part, but... Mm-hmm. You know, people will say, oh, well, it's spring, you know, it's, there's not a lot of nutrients and the grass is waterlogged. Wow. I know, it's it's totally different. So maybe you're right. Maybe your grass is just dry. A little goes a long way. It's maybe it's like these capsules that we're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, totally. Dried up and put in a small package. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Nutrient dense. Kind of give us a rundown more specifically of where you're from and where you live and your homestead um yeah i i mean i grew up on a small farm in eagle creek oregon i think we had about 10 acres and now uh with my husband and our three kids i live on five acres in southwest washington it's not really a big farm. It's, I would call it a tidy farm or a homestead. Um, we have Icelandic sheep and meat rabbits and egg chickens and uh, ducks. And occasionally I'll do some meat birds, but really uh, we kind of focus a little bit more on ruminant meat. We buy, you know, we'll buy a whole cow from my uncle raises cow raises cattle. So not very far from us. Awesome. Um, so yeah, and my husband hunts a lot. What yeah, that's, species that's about it. does your husband hunt? Oh gosh, anything, <laughs> anything and everything. Although he doesn't, we don't, doesn't do a lot of fowl, like fowl hunting. He's thought okay. about it, but mostly deer and elk, um, antelope, hunted some antelope recently. Is it pretty uh, accessible out there? Uh, he's, a, I mean, he's kind of gone all over. Yeah, he, he'll hunt here in Washington, and um, I think he's done some hunting in Oregon. Uh, he did do a hunt in Wyoming. I think they were hunting antelope 
over there. Don't quote me on that though, because I get <laughs> I get lost with. I'm like, what are you? Where are you going? I'm gonna go watch this. Okay. <laughs> like, bring me back to Oregon. That's what I'll usually say. <laughs> Which now his friends are kind of used to. I even was like, "What? how come you're like, because it depends on the hunt, whether or not they can pack out the bones, too. Okay. I mean, just depending, it depends on the weather, it depends on where they are. Yeah. Like, whether that's feasible for them. I'm like, you're leaving the bones. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll get real. It's like, honey, I can't ask the guys to pack it out all the bones that many miles like, well fine just bring me the organs then i guess but sometimes he'll bring them for me and that's always nice that's funny my husband rolls his eyes at me when i get something we hunt too and i'll get something down and i want to save everything and he's like really really you want you want the eyeballs you want the tongue you want the hooks yeah. i'm like yes i i want all of this <laughs> We only get to do well, this once a year. <laughs> well, it's really, I mean, it's all very nutrient-dense. Oh, yeah. And it's super usable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. probably some of the purest meat you're going to find. So. Yeah. Definitely. Now I'm with you. I think I have hooves and I've got a couple pig heads in my freezer. Yeah. Just weird odds and ends that he rolls his eyes. You you told me that you have three kids. Yes. Are they all for the farming deal and the organ meats and all that stuff, or is it a little more hesitant with them? Well, I mean, it de- it depends on the kid. I, I have <laughs> a, we have a much older son who uh, just kind of he'll roll his eyes at me a little bit. And, oh, mom, you and your you and your weird brews and things that you're making. <laughs> but he would, he would eat, pretty much any of them would eat the Oregon capsules. But he, no, he doesn't really have an interest in eating my strange food, for sure. Yeah. And um, my middle son is six. He's really picky. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's actually not bad. He does like, he does like meat, but he the times that I have made organs, he does not love it. I mean, I'll make him eat it anyway. My yeah. youngest daughter, she'll eat anything. She's a lot like me, where she's like, oh, this is great, Mom. <laughs> That's great. So she's much easier. But now I have to say, now that I make organ capsules, I don't worry so much about hiding, you know, organ meats or anything in my food or, you know, forcing them to eat them. It's kind of lazy of me, really, because I think you should, exercise your palate but we just all take organ pills and that's it there's no there's no problems anymore that's pretty good i mean mean, considering what the average american is doing you're miles ahead of a lot of us so (laughs) well it's it's definitely makes it more convenient which i have to say is yeah more normal like convenience foods definitely like we're all kind of trained for those convenience foods so i'm definitely utilizing it right now maybe it'll be different when my kids are older and i have a little bit more time but for right now it works really well and it takes care of the aversion for most people yeah that's i think that's what a lot of our customers struggle with is just they didn't grow up eating things like liver so the taste Mm -hmm. and the texture are really hard to get past for some folks. And something mm-hmm. like a capsule would totally eliminate the need to try to get past that. So, No, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, I do. I definitely like... I have trained myself to like liver. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have to say that since I started making capsules, I've gotten real lazy. <laughs> Except for I do cook. I do cook hard. Anytime I slaughter or my husband brings home something from hunting, I will automatically make hard steaks because that's just my favorite. So I was going to ask you about that because you did say that's your favorite. And um, I heart is probably, I don't know, it's between tongue and heart for me. I like both of those a lot. But Tongue is good too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
what's your so when you're going to cook heart steaks how do you do it do you do you cut the whole thing open so it lays flat do you take the connective tissue out at all how do you how does that process work i i do clean it i don't i mean i and i don't know if i'm doing it necessarily right i do cut it open into steak like pieces and i cut out the vascular bits and all of that that are in the inside the ropey stuff um i i leave a lot of the fat on it like almost all of it I think when I was first looking into it, you'll see that people are trimming off the fat, which it doesn't smell funky to me. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, I, don't, I really like fat. Like, I like fat on my steaks. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Some people just don't like it. So I just started leaving it on there. It's really good. Yeah. So I barely trim any of the fat off. I just, you know, cut the top off and open it up and cut out those other bits and just kind of make it look like a steak mostly uh-huh. as even as I can. Um, I am not a professional butcher. That's for sure. <laughs> me neither, but you get by. It's, it works for my, for me anyway. I'm yeah. like, oh, as long as I'm not packaging it for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you cook that pretty quick or is it, do you, are you a medium well type? person or how does that work i I personally like my meat pretty rare Mm -hmm. and from my experience with cooking heart the rarer the better Mm -hmm. you know or at least me i mean at least medium rare if you if you like it a little more well done it just makes it more tender i think when you start to cook it longer it gets pretty chewy but if you keep it rare it stays pretty tender so I just do it real basic in a hot cast iron pan, you know, usually in some sort of fat, Mm -hmm. you know, tallow or bacon grease or whatever I've got Yeah, Um, with some basic seasonings and it's pretty perfect that way. I kind of, it reminds me of steak. I was, it's like a gateway organ, I feel like for people who are, you know, have an aversion to things with different textures or different tastes. It doesn't taste organy. Yeah, it doesn't have a stronger <laughs> Yeah, there is no. there is a definite flavor to things like liver and kidney that can be mm-hmm. overwhelming at first for folks who haven't gotten used to that. But heart doesn't seem to have that to it. No, I don't at least that's been my experience too. Yeah. Are there any so. organ, well, any animals that you guys harvest where you're hesitant to eat the organs? I know some folks are concerned about eating organs from older animals or animals exposed to different things. Really, for the most part, the only thing that my husband has brought home from a hunt is the liver and the heart. Okay. And I feel like you can, it's pretty clear, like I said, I'm not an expert. It's pretty clear to me just having slaughtered my own animals, and it's pretty clear when something's not right. Yeah. I mean, I've been on people's farms where they slaughter a cow, and you can tell right away, like, oh, God, like that liver, they they had liver fluke. And I, I could see it. I mean, you can see it immediately, or I've slaughtered rabbits you know where they've got there's white flecks on the livers and obviously it's like okay there's something not right with that either so yeah yeah it's always better to be safe than sorry um but i think it's just been probably in the last couple years that i've you know like saved spleens um i've never noticed anything weird about kidneys uh but i I actually haven't had i don't think my husband's brought in brought home a deer or an elk kidney yet so it's also kind of hard because you know, sometimes you'll they'll go in pairs and so you'll have a couple guys who are gutting and skinning and cleaning and they know to like okay save care of the heart and the liver but they're not unless you really know what to look for and you know they don't really know like where's the spleen you know where's, yeah. the, where's the kidneys like so though i don't think that they're necessarily thinking so i haven't really seen a whole bunch of wild wild organs most of the ones where i've gotten really extensive are just from my own farm animals or from 
go, you know, meeting the slaughter truck on another farm. Sometimes I'll go do that. Yes. You know, if we're either purchasing a whole animal, if I have a farmer friend who I know that they're going to be doing slaughtering and nobody wants any of the organs, I'll just show up and meet the slaughter truck and dig through the guts that way. That's great Um, that they'll let you do that. Uh, I mean, they definitely think I'm weird, but they, (laughs) but they do, they do let me do that. They think it's weird when I get into like trying to take the call fat, um, or really getting in there. I think they're kind of used to, you know, the kidneys are so prized for their fat. They're kind of used to having that kept for the butcher. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, when you get into the really weird bits, they for sure are like, okay, Okay, lady, <laughs> suit yourself. I don't say it's, I'm not as hardcore as some of the awesome farmers I see on Instagram, though, who utilize all the tripe and go through every single bit. Oh, yeah. I really admire that, but that's I'm not there yet. Work. Yeah, that's that's serious dedication. It really is. It really is. It's already a long day just saving the bits that I do. So oh, yeah. I definitely admire that. Like, jeez go girl yeah definitely i'd have i'm in the same boat as you that's a lot of work and a lot of time and it's good that people are out there doing that there's oh for sure things we can work someday yeah someday maybe what and when did you start consuming organ meats like what led you to that um have you always been like that or did a certain thing kind of start you on that path no, I mean, mostly, I wasn't opposed to it. I definitely kind of in the back of my mind always knew, like, oh, this is this is good for you, and people used to eat this. So, you know, what's, what's your aversion? But I think until I really was raising my own animals, it never, like, I wouldn't go to the store and buy liver. Yeah. Or something like it wasn't like that. I was definitely wasn't opposed to eating it, and I remember eating it somewhat a little bit over my childhood um, when my mom would make liver, or sometimes we'd have chicken livers or things like that. You know, I'd had I had that off and on, but definitely sporadically. But I knew when we were raising our own meat that I didn't want anything to go to waste. It just felt wasteful to yeah. me. You yeah. know, whether or not I really recognized the nutrient density of it. I don't think that I, honestly, that I did. I just knew that it was considered prized, you know, in ancient cultures, like the prized meat. So there was probably something to that. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I didn't want to waste it. I don't like wasting food. And and that part of the animal is honestly just as hard to raise as the rest of it. So (laughs) throwing it away. you're right. That's that's a good good point. (laughs) Good point. So then I was just saving, you know, of course we started right when we moved up here, we started with meat rabbits because that's really easy. And um, so, you know, you slaughter 20 rabbits and you, you know, you have 20 hearts, but that's like not you know, 20 livers or whatever it is that you're saving, it's not like a ton. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a pretty, it's not a lot of meals. But now that we're into larger animals and, um, you know, I'm requesting all of my organs from butchers for any cows that we buy or, you know, my husband's bringing home stuff from hunting. We have a lot more. So it was like, okay, well, I want to utilize this. And... Well, cow liver is huge. It's like oh, the size gosh. of a dinner table. In it some really cases. is big. Yeah. And very strong in flavor. So mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, people who aren't necessarily interested in eating it or used to eating it, eating it was tricky. Yeah. Um, and it has and a unique one, texture to it as well. It does. It does. So that that was tricky. So I ended up, I've got all this in my freezer. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to use it. You know, so I was like, well, maybe I'll grind it up and put it in our hamburger and things like that. And then I just fell down the rabbit hole of, it started with, you know, really looking into inflammatory foods, you know, and like we talked about seed oils a little bit and mm-hmm. looking into more like animal-based diets, which I was already kind of almost there. Yeah. And then it was like a whole new 
world. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> here and, we and, go. <laughs> here we go. I go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and then I, I, I ended up buying my husband organ pills because I was like, okay, well, I'm going to eat it. I'll make a concerted effort to. So then I started freezing all of my organs in small portions. Mm-hmm. So it was more usable for me. You know, and for my, you know, whichever kid I could get to eat him. And, uh, uh, so yeah, I started giving him the organ pills. And then I think, I think my sister pointed out, she's like, I bet we could make organ pills. Cause they're, they're pretty expensive. I don't know how they were when you were buying them back then, but. Oh, it was only a few years ago. So not, I mean, expensive. You know, I think when we started, it was like, I paid. I think one of the companies I was buying from was like 48 bucks for a bottle of beef organs, like a blend, you know, straight liver was cheaper. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're, if you want more than one person is taking them, it's definitely expensive. So, so we just decided to give it a go and she had an encapsulator from encapsulating some herbs way back when. Perfect. Um, yeah, so we just gave gave it a try. But yeah, <laughs> sounds like you're not scared did. to just jump into things. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, and I'm not very. I'm actually kind of a bit of a hermit, so I'm not one to like go take a class or, <laughs> you know, I just don't. I don't do a ton of that, and so you know, now that we have information at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. There's so it's you know for someone who's like I know you're the same kind of person because I've seen you do it like interested in a whole lot of things like probably too many things oh yeah it's a blessing and a curse yeah <laughs> yeah too many irons in the fire it's <laughs> definitely you can definitely figure out how to do a lot of things yeah definitely especially with YouTube University and. Oh, yep. There's the local yep. library and all kinds of blogs mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the only reason I'm still really, like, that I am still on any form of social media is the amount of knowledge yeah. that I've gleaned from certain people and groups. It's like, there's amazing. so there's so many, there's so much knowledge to be had. Yeah, because otherwise, it's, you know, I I kind of struggle with it sometimes. Big sheep, but that's true. <laughs> back to organ meats. Um, yes, we talked about freezer space a little bit. Are there any other benefits to encapsulating versus keeping them as organs? I you know I don't know like necessarily all the science behind it, but I would say. From what I understand, you know, I would say, like, raw is probably best, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, keeping them just as organs and just eating them as meals is probably best. Yeah. But convenience and consistency are really why I do it now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I keep us all in. We're all taking them. You know, even my little little kids, my six- and three-year-old, which I'm surprised that they – I found out my six-year-old could swallow pills when he had, like – four loose teeth at the same time oh my god and he was swallowing his food like i'm like are you chewing and he's like no my teeth hurt and anyway he was he was swallowing his food whole so wow then i was like hey see if you can you swallow this liver pill (laughs) (laughs) and he did he was like yeah no problem and then my competitive three-year-old daughter decided she wanted to do it too (laughs) and that's it now they both take them every morning so I mean, we all take them every day. So consistency and convenience, for sure, are really, the, the I think, probably the only reasons I would do it. And also, I guess, if you don't have freezer space, you know, either dehydrating or freeze-drying them and having the powder around, even if you just want to add powder to your food, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good way of preserving it long-term yeah. versus freezer space, too, so... I mean, you can throw a couple oxygen absorbers in there, and I'm sure they would keep for quite some time, although I haven't. I mean, we go through through it fairly quickly. Yeah. Well, is that – so how do you decide how much to take every day? Honestly, I've – I've because I've – we were buying them 
from the two like the two main producers of of organ pills mm-hmm. they both had i have the same size capsules okay as they as they sell their their organ pills in and i just was going off of i you know they generally recommend i think it's like six of those they, you're supposed to aim at aim for about an ounce a day i think or you know you can take as much as you want really like i think they say like ideal is six to twelve ounces per week okay uh, but six ca- six capsules is about an ounce of fresh oregon meat okay and i honestly i take more um just because i i just kind of do with how i feel so i like taking nine in the morning and then if i'm dragging or you know maybe i'm on my cycle or something yeah. something's not quite right then i'll take some in the afternoon but i just kind of go with my gut which is not very scientific but well and well it's hard like we talked about before who do you whose advice do you take <laughs> Oh, sure. I do know that you can't, like, people, there's some people who say, oh, like, what about, you know, overdosing, like, vitamin A? And that's, that's, honestly, I've done a lot of research, and that's just not possible. I mean, you would have to be eating a ridiculous amount of liver daily. Like, I don't even know if anyone could stomach it. Yeah. Yeah. To to really be overdosing on any of the vitamins. Yeah, I, I know that's a concern so. with a lot of folks. They tell me about it because they're talking about doing this raw lip, raw organ meats in their diet, and how those A, D, E, and K, I think it is, um, they're all fat soluble. So those are the ones that you do have to watch out for. But uh, I don't know anyone who's overdosed on those. So you know the the I don't know if you know who the carna the carnivore MD is. He's one of yeah, I have, one I have. of the supplement. Um, oh yeah, I think I commented on one of your posts actually. So yes, you do. Um, <laughs> his his organ supplements were kind of where we started, and then I've also taken the ancestral supplements before too. Okay, but he has some really good information on whether or not you can take too many organs and whether or not you will overdose on vitamins. And he's actually, I have his book and it's really dense and difficult to get through because he's so technical and scientific about it. And there's, you know what I mean? It's very, it's above, it's above my head for sure. So he definitely has some really good information and he is a doctor. So there's that. Yeah. What's his book called? It's called The Carnivore Code. Okay. And that was kind of where, you know, that was some of the first information when I was starting to research inflammatory foods that, I, you know, somehow I picked up on his information and then started following him on social media. And he's got a lot of good information in there, too. Kinds of foods. Well, his something that think about and one of the reasons why I started looking into it was I have a lot of sisters but I have a sister who was diagnosed with Hashimoto's which is an autoimmune thyroid disease one of my aunts actually has that okay so what they're recommending now for that particular ailment is the autoimmune protocol do you know what do you know what that is I think I have a, a little bit of an idea, but it'd be good to go through that. Well, so basically, and my sister is one that is a lot like me, like we're pretty health conscious, you know, and, you know, no grains, you know, doing all the things that we know, you know, thought to be true for your diet and being healthy, you know, definitely no processed foods, all of those kinds of things, no sugar. But when she told me she was put, you know, she's like, well, so I'm going to try out this you know, autoimmune protocol and the special diet. I'm like, what? How more special yeah. can you make your diet? You know what I mean? I'm thinking like, so what do you, so what is it? So she gave me a list of the foods that she was not allowed to eat because they're inflammatory. And that's when I started researching Okay. inflammatory foods. And then, yes, it's really, really difficult to wrap your mind around because you are literally being told the healthy things that you thought were healthy are not healthy. 
<laughs> and I have to say that after, you know, and I was pretty healthy before, after yeah. cutting those things out, I, I do notice a really big difference. What kind of things like, do you notice? Oh, oh, probably some body aches and pains, so it's like general inflammation, mm-hmm. um, brain fog, although you probably still can't tell sometimes because <laughs> I am pretty distractible. Um, <laughs> but I just felt better, you know, and I, I've noticed a bigger difference in my husband because he's got terrible knees. Oh, yeah. Um, just, just an overall just an overall more healthful feeling. I know that it's it sounds vague, but it's significant at the same time. Like it's it's sort of a subtle thing, but then you're like suddenly you're like, wait a minute, I actually do feel a hell of a lot better. <laughs> so um, things like energy level and joint function yeah, for and sure. For sure. Oh, probably your my immunity too. I mean it's not that we don't get sick, but you know, recovery seems to be a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah, just j- j- overall vitality for sure. And I can also, you can tell too, like some of the foods, <clears throat> this sounds really weird, but some sometimes the food that we eat, like it just, you really feel like it's feeding you. Like it feels so good to eat. Oh yeah. I know that feeling. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. it's usually steak for me and yeah. fat. Like that's usually what gets me every time. Yeah. Like, God, this is so good. Or like a good bone broth. You can yeah. feel, it's almost like you can feel the nourishment. I, yeah. I think that there's definitely something to that. It's like and a I buzz say, in your stomach. Like your stomach's yes. like, heck yes, thank you. Like, thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're feeding me finally. <laughs> so, And I ate a lot of meat before, but I, I think the most significant thing I changed was vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really weird. I started paying attention to my like how I felt and what I wanted to eat and I literally never wanted salad again wow once I figured out that it was kind of inflammatory and it's not that I wouldn't I I still like arugula like if I want to have a salad I'll have one but it's pretty rare that I even feel like one wow um I like squash a lot that's really low inflammatory Mm -hmm. um I do eat vegetables, but generally they're cooked, which changes, you know, changes the the chemicals that are in them. Yeah. And fat. I, I eat a lot of fat. Like, people think that I should be really fat. I'm like, well, actually. And like, yeah. My husband's like, honey, you got to stop talking. People just think you're crazy. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I'll, okay, I'll stop telling them to well, Eat I don't fat know. Stop eating vegetables. It's yeah. It's it's funny because it's that's true. It, people think well, fat makes you fat, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't compute. If you look at at the people around you, it doesn't compute. <laughs> it doesn't. No, but that's almost something that, especially since like we were talking about at the beginning, like it's so as far as like food and nutrition goes the people that are supposed to know the most about our health are giving us the wrong information, you know, like the food pyramid, you know, and mm-hmm. we all know how that started. I don't think it was any sort of nutritional studies. Yeah. And even my plate now is built around food stamps rather than what we need to eat to get the proper nutrition. So. Mm-hmm. It's tough to, when that's the basis for food suggestions, it's like, well, how do we use that? <laughs> that's not food. Yeah, that would be really, that's really difficult. Yeah, it's, it's, you're definitely swimming upstream, you know yeah, what I mean? If, yeah. if you have to deal with that or if you're, you know, dealing with recommendations from people who say they know. Yeah, and then there's the feeling of, just feeling sick all the time, even though you're doing all the supposedly right things and mm-hmm. you just feel awful and you're like, what do I do? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all the right things and I just feel like crap. So It's true. Yeah. Eat fat and meat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, ever since we, we have, I mean, in the wintertime, that's really all we can get a hold of locally is root vegetables 
meat, fat, and we we have a little bit of eggs in the winter uh-huh. time. And my gosh, the difference. They talk about how with the change of seasons and the change of sunlight and all kinds of things, your body's needs mm-hmm. change and your the digestibility of certain things changes. So I've been experimenting mm-hmm. with that kind of thing too. But I think oh, there, nice. there's a lot of, there are a lot of factors. <laughs> it's not that simple. <laughs> So. No, I'm sure it's like so it has to do with where you are. I know I definitely some of the people I admire most nutritionally eat pretty seasonally. Yeah, yeah. Which I do somewhat, you know, of course, but probably not as much as I could. Well, I mean if it were if what you're doing works, it works. Yeah, I mean it does for the it does for the most part. I mean I we're also in a more temperate so so I I actually do have eggs year round. Oh, nice. So, I'm I mean, I some I have in the past because we've sold eggs. I had a light on my chickens, but this year I just kind of was lazy and didn't even bother. And they still, I'm like, oh well, we still have quite a few eggs That's actually. Impressive. But it's not it's not that cold here. I mean, it's completely different. Yeah. So I imagine that climate would, and also light would would play because I know that up north, you know, you have less. Less daylight for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> that we'll affects a, a lot of things, but... especially when you're raising livestock. Yep. Well, it affects people too, you know? Yeah. So we've kind of talked about all kinds of things with these yeah. organ meats and supplement supplementing them and encapsulating them, but we can't we haven't really gone through the process in detail. Would you mind explaining how it works? Sure. I mean, it's, this is this is just uh, information that I, you know, picked up basically via you know Google or some other search engine. So, <laughs> um, I mean, the first step is we. I started out with a dehydrator, mm-hmm. which are pretty reasonable, and my dehydrator was super cheap. It's like a white one of those white round ones. Yeah. Um, I know that there's some fancier ones. My sister, we did the first batch we did was on her dehydrator, and it was quite a bit bigger than mine. Um, and so we were able to fit a lot more. But it's basically slicing, you know, cleaning like you normally would, cleaning the organs, you know, trimming off the fat. I mean, trimming the fat, which which is one of the things that it's hard to encapsulate the fat because the fat doesn't really it doesn't really dry and it doesn't freeze dry so whether you're using a dehydrator or a freeze dryer I definitely trim the fat off the heart um, and the kidneys Uh, but it's basically you know slicing and laying it out in your dehydrator racks or your freeze dryer and just drying the moisture out of it Um, I think most dehydrators have a temperature that you're supposed to use meat at And you just make sure that it's bone dry, basically. And you can tell. I mean, it snaps, you Mm -hmm. know, when you break it apart. You can can tell when there's no moisture content. Um, So after you, you know, prep your organs and you get them all dried, I think it took a a couple days. Um, Then you grind it up. So, and you can use whatever grinder you have. If you've got a, a blender or a food processor or a... You could probably even use a coffee grinder, although that would take a long time. (laughs) Um, But you basically just grind it into a powder. Okay. And then you encapsulate it, which there's these, it's not really a machine. I should should send you a picture of it. Okay. Um, The best you're going to do from my research is they've encapsulators that make 100 pills at a time. Wow. And it's still really tedious. I mean, it seems like a lot, but I actually looked around and asked some people who, you know, were doing some other kinds of encapsulating and <clears throat> said this is good as it gets, you know, if you're like a home encapsulator. And yes, it's 100 is like, that's about as good as it gets. So, wow. um, but they basically are just a, you know, it's not really a machine even. It's just a plastic, you know, contraption that holds capsules and, you pour your powder in and camp it down until they're full, and and then you put the lids on the other side and set the piece together and just push it down, and it makes these pills, and that's that's literally it. So, wow. <clears throat> it's yeah. very simple. 
And I guess if you didn't want to do that last step and you didn't want to buy the encapsulator, you can just sprinkle that powder on your food, like you said earlier. Yep. You could put it in your hamburger. You could put it in your soup. I mean, it, it, it does reconstitute. And so you, and if you really are have an aversion to the taste, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you would kind of taste it. But okay. But yeah, you could totally do it. And honestly, the encapsulators are not crazy expensive. I think I paid... I don't, I don't, it was, it was definitely more than 60, less than 80 bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. Considering no, that would be, that would be two bottles, not even two bottles of those pills. Yeah. I mean, you pay for it. I mean, you pay for, if you're, if you already have a dehydrator, then, you know, you pay for buying capsules and just, just a couple times, you know, yeah. of making a full bottle. So it's. It's it's pretty doable, and the and the gelatin capsules are not that hard to find. Um, and awesome. I I don't find I think I buy five thousand at a time, wow. which sounds like a lot, but you go through. I mean, you'd be surprised at. Well, if you're taking nine a day. Yeah, well, if you if you buy a bottle, it's a hundred of anything. It's pretty much a hundred and eighty capsules of any vitamin. Mm-hmm. For the most part, that's like the that's the standard bottle size i think okay um i mean i think some of them have 300 or whatever but for the organ pills for sure it's they pretty much sell them in 180 <clears throat> bottles of 180 and 80 capsules at a time so awesome which is you know six capsules a day is what a month's worth oh yeah yeah so one question i do have about that process i've tried to make organ meat jerky before in a dehydrator and when I did that I well I did I did one batch in the dehydrator and one batch at the lowest temp my oven would go but by golly it made the whole house smell like liver for days is there yeah is there a way to get around that (laughs) (laughs) I can see that being a turn off for some people (laughs) I'm so sorry but no I mean the the if you have a big dehydrator, which mine is kind of small, uh-huh. my sister's was large. So when we did a batch on hers, it definitely made enough powder <clears throat> that we both didn't have to do it again for quite a while. But when I did do it again, my son came in and was, you know, now he's 19, but he's like, oh my God, mom. <laughs> Are you seriously doing that again? And and I said, I'm going to put it, I kept it in the laundry room, which helped Mm -hmm. because, you know, our laundry room is also our mud room. So (laughs) it wasn't in the main part of the house. But, yeah, it definitely makes, if you're using a dehydrator, it makes your whole house smell like liver, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, that's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they've kind of gotten used to. Yeah. Yeah. Some, you know, rendering, rendering fats, another one that smelled, you know, makes the whole house smell like beef. Yeah, I had to get my husband a special candle so he can sit by his candle and <laughs> read a book <laughs> while I'm rendering <laughs> fat. <laughs> oh, yeah, or bone broth, that was another one. It's like, does the house have to smell like some sort of soup for three days, honey. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well. Kind of. They're getting used to it. I guess it's the first few times were always the worst. But now we have a a freeze dryer, so that does change. It doesn't smell. Okay. So that does help out. But those are, you know, those are a more expensive piece of equipment. So you're going to want to be freeze drying more than just your organ meat. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was number one for me, but we had, you know, been, you know, dreamed of one for probably the last 10 years or so. So it was something that we had wanted, but I have to say I was the most excited about organs Yeah, out of anything. And it's probably what I use it for the most. I've seen some really cool stuff with those. Um, People have done soups that reconstitute Mm -hmm. really well and... I, I, yep. that would be neat to, cause freezer space is a really limiting factor. So 
No, it is for sure. I ha- actually haven't. I've done eggs. Okay. Like a raw scramble, raw eggs. I've done raw eggs. We've only had the freeze dryer for, a, well, I guess since last, the beginning of last summer. Okay. So I did, it was right during fruit season, so I did tons of fruit. Um, That's great. Eggs. And then just I've done just organs. Yeah. And I've actually had so many people ask me to do candy, which is really hard for me. I'm like, I don't want to do candy on my freeze dryer. Apparently it's a thing. So, How does that, I mean, without asking you it's way too much information, what kind of candy are they talking about? Anything. It's like a huge thing. I, I have no idea because to me, I'm like, okay, like freeze dry. You get a freeze dryer, like you're freeze drying food for long-term storage. Yeah. To free up your space in your freezer, right? And you want to freeze dry food for emergencies. So, like, what kind of food do you want to freeze dry? For me, it's like, okay, well, the stuff with the most nutrition in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a huge portion of the freeze dryer population because there's groups for that. That <laughs> literally all they do is candy and they sell it. It just seems like to me it was like kind of like an, not an abomination. Maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> but I was really horrified. Was yeah. like really... Um, do you have any tips for people just starting into preserving organ meats in this way? No, I mean, I would say um, just... Just go for it mostly, especially if you, you know, already have a dehydrator. Like, that part's pretty easy. I do, I do use, I do freeze. Oh, here's the other thing. If you're worried about raw organs, you know, freeze them. Free, you know, freeze them first for three weeks, and that handles any sort of parasite load that you may have missed. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can eat any meat raw. that you're supposed to? I don't. Ooh, I don't know. I would have to look. I just, that my understanding, and I was told this years ago, because I'm a big sushi fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, my one of my doctors, and he's a very natural doctor, I mean, he was like, oh, well, if you, you know, you don't have to go buy sushi-grade fish. You can just freeze your fish for three weeks. And that was, that's been a common, I've seen that said even recently. In some of the some of the research that I've done, you know, and it's that three weeks in a freezer. I don't know if it's got to be some a special kind of freezer. Um, I I don't think it is, but just generally that long sort of takes care of any parasites. So if you're worried about that, I would do that first, and then you know that also makes it a lot easier to slice. So I'll bring you know I'll bring whatever it is out of the freezer and let it sit for a bit just so it starts to, you know, the outside starts to thaw a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it makes your cuts nice and even because that, that makes a difference. You definitely want all of your pieces to be about the same and thinly sliced is the best, especially if you don't want your house to smell like liver for <laughs> a week. So, so how I, you know, thin... as, soon as, you, as soon as you can. Okay, thin as possible. Awesome. So, and that would be, the, I, mean, I would say just try it. It's really not as hard as it sounds. And to me, it's, at least for our family, it's really, really worth the effort. Um, and, you know, I've definitely got friends turned on to them too that way. And I mean, nobody, nobody that I've ever seen either purchase, purchase organ pills or have me make them for, you know, if I'm giving them to friends, has ever said, like, that it didn't make them feel better. Yeah. It's always made a difference, so. Wow. I think it's worth it. It's definitely time-consuming, so that there's that. The, the encapsulating part is slightly tedious, but yeah, it's totally doable. Yeah. So if you have the time. Yeah. And you really don't want to make a, a pan of liver and onions which a lot of people don't it's true it's a big turnoff for a lot of people but i think most of it is that it's been cooked incorrectly yeah definitely i mean because nothing beats my mother's ever gonna listen to this but she was terrible (laughs) at making liver and onions when i was a kid it was awful but when i think about it it was cooked to death yeah i think that yeah rare seems to be a theme like don't you know? Don't overcook it. Mm-hmm. 
Because when you do it right, it's like the thing, the closest thing I can come up with in my mind is pork belly. That's Mm -hmm. crispy on the outside and like Mm -hmm. just melts like butter on the inside. That texture. Holy moly. It's so good. And then once you've had it a couple times, you start craving it because it's so good for you. It's awesome. I definitely believe that your your body comes to recognize what is good. Oh yeah. Sometimes it doesn't recognize it right away. Yeah. But it do, you know but it does. You're right. It does start to crave it. And we've we our uh system for craving things has been so screwed with. I don't know if you've read the book called totally. the, the Dorito effect, but it's a no, fantastic. No, but Oh my gosh, it's so creepy how it's, it's and, not, I mean, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I can imagine. The colors the food, and the, the tastes oh. and the textures have been manipulated so much because of profit. And companies want to make well, something. Well, it's all by, all by design. That's they, yeah. they make it so that you want to eat more of it. But then you, and until you, like, break the chains, yeah. you don't realize that your your cravings are broken. Yeah, but then there's things like when you need selenium, your body goes for things that are yellow because in nature, things that are yellow tend to concentrate selenium. And I've talked to different people about this, and I've this is a random story, but one time I was out doing some job I was doing, and I just saw this field of dandelions. It was like the first bloom of dandelions. We were up in the mountains, and I was like, I have to put those on my salad. I have to. I just want to. (laughs) So bad. I've never eaten one before, but I just want to. And I did it. And it was like that feeling we talked about where my stomach was just buzzing, like, oh, that is what I needed. And ever since Mm -hmm. then, I try to eat the first bloom of dandelions every year. And it's nice. So the so sweet. And I think it is. I will try that. It's that nutrient, those nutrients, your body's like, finally it's spring and it's time. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it makes it, I mean, I'm a, like, you know, self-taught herbalist. So like that makes, I wouldn't call myself really an herbalist, but I dabble <laughs> in herby things, but it makes, makes sense. Like I definitely, even though I, I just <clears throat> went on a tirade about how, you know, most vegetables are toxic. I don't think that about <laughs> all plants. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I think that plants are definitely medicine. You do have to listen to your body. It's just something we don't, we aren't taught. Yeah, it's you true. Know? Yeah, we've really become distant from that. I, I made you know lists of what is actually in the organs, but they're really long and. <clears throat> the amount of, of vitamins and minerals and enzymes and things that are in organs. Um, but basically, it's it's pretty much everybody agrees that liver is king. Like, that's the king of all the nutrient-dense organs. So if you're just going to focus on one, mm-hmm. you know, liver is it. At least that's the general consensus. Although all of them, I mean, I've kind of, now I'm starting to make, blends of all the organs but again it's like as I've gotten more adept at butchering and also just sort of pushing my way in there when someone else is butchering and being like hey give me that spleen (laughs) you know or give me whatever I don't I don't know where all the glands are I know that some some of the really popular organ blends have lots of things in them that I'm like I don't even know where the sinus gland is like i'd have to especially when all the guts are down yeah once they're out out of context it's like wait you're like wait (laughs) what is that like i don't even know what that is but yeah so yes the major all of the yes i'm getting more more and more organs every time i slaughter or i'm at a slaughter it's a work in progress it is a work in progress, it, and it just, yeah, like you said, recognizing them all. I don't know where the pancreas is. I have to, once it comes out, <clears throat> now yeah. I'm just looking at one of my old bottles because I've saved the bottles, and I just fill them up with my own capsules. Oh, yeah. That's smart. Um, well, it, well, it just made sense. L- yeah. Liver, heart, kidney, pancreas. I don't know where the pancreas is, but I figured out where the spleen is. Yeah. 
So, and that's a weird looking organ. Yeah, it is. I had to do a lot of research on that to make sure that I'm like, is that what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> Am I you know what I mean? Because it looks the, right... the liver's so clear and and vibrant. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have that. Um, I don't even know what is covering the spleen. Yeah, it's some weird. It's not quite a membrane. It's yes, but it looks like a membrane. Yeah, but if you don't know what it is, it almost looks wrong. Like, and I was like, okay, yeah, well, let me do a little research. It's I'm going to save this. I, but it's yeah. that's what it looks like. Yeah, especially next to a liver, it looks kind of like a diseased organ next to a liver. It does, but it's, it is not. No, and when you cut so, it open, it looks okay on the inside. Yep. It does. It's super interesting. But, yeah. yeah, getting to know your anatomy. Yeah, who did you know that this was what you'd be facing in your the challenges of your life would be <laughs> selecting no, which like, organ, puzzle piecing I them know. together? I know. <laughs> what does that look like to you? <laughs> Should you eat it? I mean, really, no. I mean, I've always kind of been fairly unconventional in my diet and definitely people have thought I'm weird for many, 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 many years, but this is <laughs> as weird as I have ever gotten for sure. A elbow deep in a gut pile. Mm-hmm. I, we went, so we went to, this is a side story. So there is a Buffalo ranch <clears throat> in Oregon where you can pay and this was, you know, as a farmer, I was like, wow. But, I mean, you can pay, and they will let you harvest one of their buffaloes. Yeah, we have we have one of I, those here, too. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were stoked. And so, anyway, so my, my father-in-law, he, well, he, on his bucket list, was he really wanted a buffalo hide and a head. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he wanted to process the head clean the skull and he wants to he actually scrapes this hide but anyway he wanted to, to have a buffalo hide it was on his bu- his bucket list so he was talking to my husband about it and I was like can I go with you guys like yeah. this is what you're gonna do like let's go like let's make it like a family so we took our little kids my oldest son was working <clears throat> he had to stay and take care of the sheep anyway <laughs> um so us and the grandparents and the kids went to Oregon for the night and got up really early in the morning and went and harvested a buffalo and I think they were kind of surprised at how hand and pleased at how hands-on they we were mm-hmm. but that was I mean I got the that I got a I got all the organs yeah and I was really you know but they they definitely there was a couple things that I didn't get because it wasn't um just when I was trying to dig around in their gut pile. I was trying to be, you know, respectful as well, even though we had literally purchased the animal. I didn't yeah. want to freak anybody out too much, but they were like, what is this lady doing? <laughs> but I actually have my first ever, like, super comprehensive, like, organ blend mm-hmm. from this buffalo. Like, we got, I got everything that I possibly could. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, my buffalo spleen. <laughs> my buffalo spleen. <laughs> my buffalo spleen. Because, it's, yeah, it's been a while. We got a couple cows, and it's been a while since I've been able to eat a butcher truck for a cow. So I haven't gotten a cow spleen. And that's the other thing that's kind of tricky is I feel like butchers don't know what you're talking about. So anytime I'm doing a cut order for an animal that's not mine, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm ordering something from somebody else, that's how you have to do it here. If you can, you know, purchase a whole cow or a half a cow, and then they send it to the butcher. So I'll call the butcher and and try to explain what I want. (laughs) That's really tricky. Yeah. And most of the time, like, I don't even think that the butcher trucks, they don't save hardly anything. Yeah. So they'll save, like, maybe the heart and the liver, but you you can't get anything else. I mean, barely. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I want, you know, everything. I want the you know, the kidneys and the fat and the, the bones, not just dog bones. Like, I want every single bone in that animal's body. Don't throw them out. I will. <laughs> I want everyone. I mean, it's, sometimes I think that they're, I don't know if they 
appreciated or not. It's hard to say. But a lot of times my order is not complete. Yeah. I will say. I think, and I have to be like, what'd you do with my, you yeah. know, whatever it was. And, oh, we forgot. I'm like, well. Now I got to wait a whole nother year. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I got to wait a whole nother year uh, to get a spleen. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think part of that is just that they're on a roll and they've got a routine and it's a if they like your oh, sure. animal isn't the only animal that they're dealing with but at the same time i don't know how it works where you are but where we are the butcher has to pay to dispose of everything by weight so you uh-huh. think that they'd want you to take as much as possible because then they don't have I, to pay for that maybe it's like the movement picks up you know what i mean they'll sort yeah. of recognize that but like the onesie twosie weirdos who are like you know I, I just don't think they're yeah I don't think it's common yeah at so all. It's, it's kind of you an know, inconvenience so, at that point because they're going out of their way to do something they normally wouldn't be doing yeah my brother-in-law just got a job as a kill truck driver oh yeah in <clears throat> Prineville Oregon and he was talking to his wife about like the amount you know, just like, wow, like just the stuff that they have to throw away or that they do throw away. It's and he's, you know, canned his own hides before. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a hunter. I don't think they, they don't raise like livestock or anything, but big time hunter. And so, you know, he's like, oh, I'm going to work here for a little while before I really start digging around in their gut piles. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? He's already thinking about like, okay, like some of this stuff can be used and preserved especially like the hides or the heads or the you know i guess it would depend on what they were doing with the organs because if they're just throwing it all in a in a barrel that might be tricky but but yeah yeah, it's amazing the amount of stuff they have to throw away and they do have to take it somewhere special yeah they can't just throw it in the regular old landfill it's got to go to its own location yeah, and even the blood and the when I, I I got to work at the butcher plant that we use for a few months and they save I got to see a lot of interesting stuff I learned so much and I got to keep a lot of interesting stuff too. Oh, nice! <laughs> but um, they save all the blood in a barrel and they take that to the dump because that can't go into the sewage sewer system Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it was it was interesting and it was interesting to see what the usda inspector was condemning and what what they wouldn't let you take and the rules are i mean there's so many freaking rules but yeah Yeah. it's a lot that's awesome well we've talked about pretty much everything seriously yeah i was just gonna say i didn't realize every, i was gonna learn all these things tonight so every weird home setting thing you could <laughs> possibly think of we're not the only ones there's enough people to make no. facebook groups about all the things we've talked about so we're not that no weird. that's a yes there's definitely makes me feel like i'm not alone <laughs> that is for sure For better or for worse? Yes. (laughs) If you want to see or learn more about Tara Meadows, you can look her up on Instagram. Her handle is at Tara Isaac Meadows, and she has great pictures of her family and her sheep and her farm. So go ahead and check her out on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to my interview of Tara. I hope you are a little more motivated to eat organ meats if you aren't doing so already. And I hope you feel encouraged to at least look into encapsulating organ meats on your own if you're looking for a way to incorporate them into your diet more often. Uh, If you are curious why both Tara and I have raccoons in our freezer, stay tuned. I left a little bonus clip at the end here for you. 
Um, keep in mind that the best way to keep abreast of what's happening with Taste of the Wind is to get on our email list. You can do that at www.tasteofthewind.com. And don't forget that our bulk beef deposits come with free organ meats. And those are due by March 1st, which is coming right up. So make sure to hit up our website on our web store on our website and get your deposit placed for the year of 2022. We are only offering our bulk beef until that March 1st deadline. So stay tuned for that bonus clip and I will talk to you guys next week. Signing out, BJ and the Taste of the Wind crew. Yeah, I think in my yuck freezer I have a raccoon and some heads and a hide right now that I hope to get to before spring. <laughs> so do you have so you just have a raccoon hide or do you have the meat? No, um actually my neighbor trapped one that was killing his chickens and he's like, I don't have time to skin this. Do you want it? And it was a big big one and I said yes of course I want that so um, I took it home and it wasn't that chilly out and so I just I didn't have time to skin it so I just stuck the whole thing in there <laughs> <laughs> nice I asked because we just we just trapped a raccoon oh wow that was killing our it killed a couple chickens and then all was quiet for a while and then it got a couple of my ducks oh man and so we ended up trapping it, and I was super excited. Yeah. And I was going to, like, skin it, and I'm like, I'm going to practice skinning the head out. Yeah. And I will eat anything. So, I mean, I, I was even thinking of, like, I'm like, what if the meat's good? Like, maybe I'll eat raccoon. You know, <laughs> is that weird? Like, I was going to do some research. It was literally, like, Grandpa Raccoon. Oh, he was geez. fat, but he was the oldest raccoon. Like, he had I kind of felt bad for him he had like broken teeth he had half a tail wow I still skinned him out and and it was that was really good practice and I did save the hide because there's like a patch that I think that I could use oh my gosh <laughs> but he was really old so I was like I don't think I'm gonna eat this guy I mean <laughs> he's he's pretty I'm like well I'm glad you got some last meals in, old boy. Yeah. <laughs> he was old. <laughs> oh my.